Yo, what's going on, everybody? Full Court Press is back. It's me, Pierre. Riley's here. And we got a special guest in the building. Osa is in the building. How y'all doing? Man, doing pretty good. Uh, doing pretty good up here. It's a nice uh, rainy day up in the PNW. So, uh, very normal. And uh, yeah, things are great, man. How about you guys? Man, I'm doing all right, y'all. I'm glad to be hanging with you guys. Uh, it's been a minute. You know, I've been hanging out in Reformed Hooligan Land and over with uh, my partner in crime, Abe, over on OSA and Abe. But it's great to be back with y'all talking all kinds of basketball craziness, hoping and wishing still that Seattle will get a team. And it's oh, been man. beautiful to watch your Rockets, Pierre, make some. Uh, uh, yeah, um, we might as well start right there, you know, just see how the, how the deal is going for both teams. So we've seen a handful of games for the Nets and the Rockets. And a lot of people didn't feel like James Harden would fit. Now, the fit is there. However, defensively, it is going to be a long night for the Nets. I don't know if you guys paid attention to when they played the Hawks just recently, but they gave up so many points. Although they won, they gave up so many points. That is going to be a problem. Yeah, man, they are. Uh, it's a really interesting thing because obviously, if you stack those three guys together, like that's a, a dom. If all those guys are dropping nearly 30 at night, like you don't need much else from other people, you know? But the idea, my biggest issue with that trade, it, I thought it worked in a lot of ways. My biggest issue was that they traded Jared Allen away. Yeah. I was like, why would you do that? He's a younger option. I know the vets probably like DeAndre Jordan more, but like, come on. Like, <laughs> you got to know, like a younger, better version, more athletic, longer version of DeAndre. Like, at this point in his career, no, no knock on DeAndre Jordan, but it's like, at this point, what are we doing? Like, you can't let him go because now you're seeing the defense is really struggling. I mean, those guys don't – I mean, Kyrie – KD's a great defender. Kyrie and Harden have never been the best defenders. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how this is going so far, but it's a, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, basically. Yeah, what Brooklyn gave up, they gave up too much. And I get it. On the Rockets' end, that was a get-Jimmy-Harden-out-of-town trade. And for the Nets, they wanted him so badly, but they gave up way too much. Uh, I look at that lineup. One through five, they're cool, but then you get to the bench and it's a problem. But even in that one through five, like Riley, you just mentioned, that bench, I mean, not the bench, but their defense is, is atrocious. They're looking like the the Nuggets in the 80s, the Alex English and them boys putting up 140, but you give yeah. up 130. That's really? fun to watch, but it's not good basketball in the long run. And when it comes to the playoffs, when you're playing against, for example, the, the 76ers, any team that has a big man, the Nets mm -hmm. are going to have a problem. Yeah. Very real problem. No, I agree. I, yeah, I, I think that they just don't yeah, – I, I think they need to make some sort of move. You're hearing a lot of, like, the Andre Drummond buyout is happening in Cleveland, and he's going to go there, which then, I mean, that solves a lot of the problems. Honestly. <laughs> if they can get Andre Drummond like that and not give up assets to do it, the idea that Cleveland's just going to buy him out instead of trying to trade him is weird to me. I, but that's, you know, to you know, teach their own. That's Cleveland basketball for you, I guess. But the idea that, yeah, if they get Drummond, that's a big that's a big-time deal for sure. Um, then, then they don't have a lot of weaknesses. I mean, the bench will still be weak, but with that one through five, with you know, you know, having him and DeAndre, that's fine. DeAndre can be your second big man, no problem, and that's helpful. But he can't be the first. I mean, he fouls out too much. You got to be careful. But yeah, that's a it's a very interesting trade. I mean, honestly, with Harden, was freaked me out. Is it like, what is it with him and his weight fluctuations, man? Like, how does he do that? Like, this man had on a fat suit. He's I'm, big boned. He's big boned. Y'all leave him alone. <laughs> no, I'm saying, dude, hey, I'm a big man, dude. And I'm looking at him going, you know, like, who, who's your who's your nutritionist? You know, what are we doing here? Because this dude is out here. We all saw the pictures. He's out there, like, 
looking a little thick. And then, you know, a week later in Brooklyn, he passes a physical, shows up in Brooklyn, and he's looking like an all-star again. It's like, how did you – like, like it's like, are you doing this on purpose, dude? He did that on yeah. purpose. He, he was over oh. there in, in Houston eating that good barbecue. Eating it up, dude. Yeah. Right. On he did well he could, get out man. of town. Before he has to go get half, you know, like half of the quality of barbecue up in Brooklyn for three times the price. So yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he made the right call. But yeah, it's definitely, I'm, I'm really excited to watch. I mean, and for the Rockets too. I mean, what I wanted you guys to do was to keep Levert initially. Yeah, me too. Thing. I wanted Levert. I understand Oladipo, but I mean, I, Levert to me is just going to be better. Um, and speaking of Levert, actually, the idea that like that trade probably saved his life or literally <laughs> saved his life is crazy. Yeah. Because nobody would have known. It's nuts. I mean, also, I, I was wondering. I didn't understand how that trade went through if during his physical he had kidney cancer. You know what I mean? Like, people cancel those things because you have, like, you know, like so, some slight thing wrong with you or something. You know? And it's like he had a he had a cancer diagnosis. And, no, and like, the trade went through the same way. So they must have known that it was – it was you were able to get the operation and get it 100% clear off of that. Um, and he was going to recover fine because that's a risky maneuver otherwise. Yeah, I think when you look at reasons teams cancel trades, I think something like a cancer diagnosis may be one of those things where it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna be benevolent in this moment and still let this thing go through. As yeah, which is cool. someone having like a heart, a large heart or heart condition or some because uh, a lot of teams hide things. They'll hide things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We know we know how teams hide things on injury reports, uh, but this is one of those things I think where it was like, oh wow, like your life was really in jeopardy let's let's let this thing go through but to your point riley they for sure should have kept lever i love oladipo but he's not a number two i i see him more as a number three and especially with the setup that houston has i think lavert would have been a better option him running around running and gunning with uh john wall and what they got over there with boogie and of course christian wood yo he's yeah, huge man i think free agent pickup of the of the year honestly oh easily yeah i agree i think so yeah. too he's been huge What's crazy about Indiana, too, is that if you look at how well they're playing right now, all things considered, if they yep. had Levert healthy right now, they'd be a monster of a team. And, and <laughs> keep in mind, they're doing all this without T.J. Warren. Who has yeah, that, too. Yeah, so they haven't, they haven't had a starting, like, an, an above-average three. Like, Doug McDermott's been playing that spot, and he's yep. been scoring fine. He's had, like, a couple, like, 25, 30-point games or whatever, and, like, that's very cool. But, like, when he gets Levert, if he can bring that production off the bench and they have Levert chilling and next year if, they, if Warren's involved, like, yeah, they have a team right now. I mean, Sabonis is popping off constantly. That, guy, that, guy's, that guy's playing out of his mind. I mean, talk about somebody who, coming out of college, I mean, everyone knew how good his dad was, and I think it was unfair. I think I was, like, playing him off his dad in my head. But I, I thought he was going to be one of those kids that came out. And, I, like, I'm a, I'm a low-key Gonzaga fan. As a UW fan, like, I grew up and, like, went to their camps and stuff. So, like, you know, Gonzaga's cool. But, uh, yeah, so I, I kind of secondarily root for them. So I was, like, aware of him and stuff. But I did not think that he was going to do what he's doing. <laughs> like at the point where he's like a, a, a consistent all-star at this point. Um, but yeah, w when they get Levert back, they're going to be a scary team. I don't know when that's going to happen. I think it was like six to eight weeks at least. So he'll probably come back, uh, you know, down the line. But I'm really excited to see if he can, uh, if he can come back and give them a boost around playoff time. Yeah, that would be I think, I think DeMontis Sabonis is the 21st century evolution of what his dad would have been if his dad had come to the league early in his career. Because folks forget, we got our Vetus at the end of his career. Yeah, yeah he was still that dude. I mean, folks were saying in Europe, like what we consider Michael Jordan here in the States is essentially what Sabonis was in the European leagues during his run. So if we got him in his prime, there would have been some problems. So what we see with DeMontis doing it all, 
he's he's what Julius Randle wishes he was. Oops. Oops. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, no, you're right. I think that that's that's a great yeah, it's a great call because he yeah, he's one of those cats where like I just didn't think I thought he was gonna be a little undersized. I just didn't think he was going to be able to score consistently. You know, I I don't know. There's something about sometimes you just get a feeling on the guy, and you're like, I don't know if he's going to be able to do this. And I was way off. Like, you know, like I, he definitely is surpassed anything I thought he was going to do. So, shout out to him. Um, who else was a part of that trade? Also, too, I want to see where Kevin Love ends up. I don't think he's going to be on the on the Cavs much longer. I think he's waiting. I bet he's. I think he's basically helping now. Love. Yeah, he got to. He has to leave. Well, Cleveland Dude. just has too many bigs in general. Yeah, they're stacking them for sure. I want to see. Yeah, with love, it's like he could go pretty much anywhere and be a help. You know, a send him to Boston. Like that. Uh, not Boston. I'm sorry. Send him to Portland. We know he wants oh, to I go to Portland. That. He's been wanting to go to Portland for the past however many seasons. Send him to Portland, or if for some reason they decide to buy him out, I wouldn't mind taking him in L.A. I'm just don't don't mind me. I wouldn't mind taking him in L.A. Yeah, I've heard that. He's also been connected to Brooklyn too, and it's like either it's like he's one of those guys where you can pretty much put him anywhere, and if he's gonna you know give him 25, 30 minutes or something, um, and he's healthy, he's gonna get you. He's gonna you know definitely hit shots for you. He's a veteran dude. He's a great locker room guy. Like he's definitely somebody you want on your team. So hopefully somebody figures that out sooner than later. Because I mean he's been unhealthy the last month or so, but I. I from what I can tell, from what I've read, I think he's healthy now, and they're basically just waiting on it. But we'll see. Basically, I'm gonna, I want to see. Yeah, I just want to see where he ends up because he could be a huge piece. Um, but yeah, if Drummond ends up in, uh, in, in Brooklyn. That's gonna be. I want to see how that meshes first. That's how it always is with these big time deals and teams and stuff. Is can they mesh well? And so far, they've done fine with it. Uh, but yeah, I want to see how you know, ask someone like Drummond, who, amongst all those guards, is still gonna try to dribble the ball 90 feet. Uh, off a off a rebound he gets, uh, he's got to figure that out because he can't be doing that in Brooklyn or they'll they'll kick him off the team. Yeah, I'll be watching the game and he'll get a rebound and he just start going like a point guard. I'll be like, what the hell? Are he you just doing? pushes, man. He put like he he pushes it confidently too. Like it's like you see like Jokic do that, and you're like, all right, yeah, he he like he's got it. You know what I mean? Like like he's he's got the hand eye. And you look at Drummond, you're like, man, that confidence, man, I love it. I love you're that confident, but just maybe give it to Sexton, <sighs> give it to Gar, you know, anybody that's not seven feet tall. You know? Well, I I give I give props to the Cavs. They've been playing some decent balls. No, they've been hooping. So, and I give also I think bringing Drummond over to the Nets doesn't just solve the problem defensively because we know he can you know he can get a block couple blocks a game, but also just on the boards. When yeah. I'm watching them, they are getting killed on the glass. And Drum Drummond is a 2010 2015 guy, easily a 2020 on a great night, right? And I've been watching the Nets these past few games since the trade. Anytime they go up against a team with a decent big, that big is putting up 20 and 10, 20 and 20 and 20. I think Click Capella had 20 and 20 the other night against them. So when you bring in a Drummond, that eliminates all of that. And I said Clint Capella, and I think Pierre's heart kind of fluttered again. I know. You hear that? I think I, I, think I audibly heard that. I almost cried. Baby, come back. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. The I miss that beast. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, they do, though. Hey, what did you guys think of the uh, John Wall and Rush, uh, Russ trash talk back and forth? Like, or just Westbrook in general right now. That stat of like 163 points on 163 shots so far. Ooh, that is ugly. Here's always been my thing with Russ. We know we can put up the stats, historical stats, right? I've, I've been a, a fan of Russ since he was in high school, but he just frustra- he's a frustrating brand of basketball to watch. Because he steps on the court, and I just wonder, like, where's your basketball IQ? Because these shots that he takes, definition of ill-advised. 
definition of just not playing within your game. And sometimes I wonder as I'm watching him, are you truly stat chasing? Because yeah. if you weren't, you would take smarter shots. A hundred, like definition of inefficiency, 163 on 163. Yep. I yeah, like, yeah, like there's like supreme confidence, which you love to see, but that has to be mixed together with some form of like rational, like like rational thought when it comes to how you apply it. You know, like I like you can't you can't like just take the ball, run as fast as you can at the rim, hope it works out, or you know get you know shoot a three when you know your percentage is bad, you know that's not a good shot for you. you he just forces things, and it's like, how does that help the team win? Especially, it's one thing if he's on a team that's already good, like a team like Houston was already solid. You know what I mean? A team like OKC was already they were fine. You know, like they're solid enough where they're still hover around five hundred. A team like Washington, where it's Beal and him, and that's it. Like what? Are, like you can't do that and expect to win. And then we got poor Bradley Beal out there just, just drowning. <laughs> that poor guy. Free Bradley Beal, y'all. We need a. It's a real campaign. I want to see how many games straight we can get a thing of him dropping like 30, 40, and then them flashing the bench and then showing the graphic of obviously they're they've lost the game and him just downtrodden with his hands and his like hands in his face or like you know his, his you know leaning on the bench all sad like. Uh, it's it's very sad. I've always I've always said about Bradley Beal, especially with this new contract he signed, that he he signed his own like this is his this is his fault. You know what I mean? Like he decided to yeah. go there. He knew they weren't going to be good. He knew they were going to be trash, and he stayed there. And it's cool. I mean, at least there was a quote last night saying that he wanted to win there, and that it's not like he wanted to get traded. He wants to win there. But it's like you knew that was not going to happen now or in the immediate future for sure. And you know, like that that's on you. So if he's taking some responsibility for that and saying, I want to win here, that was my choice, then great. But anyone that's like really like saying, I feel really bad for him. It's like, he chose this. He could have been winning a, a, a ring with the Lakers last year. They wanted him. And he Preach. said, no. Preach. So it's like, dude, like you can't be upset now. when it's like, man, no one around me is that good. And it's like, you knew that then the dollar signs blinded you for a second, but you knew. So I asked this question, guys. Russell Westbrook, I think, is going to get moved before Bradley Beal does, unless Bradley Beal pulls like a James Harden type situation. But however, before you continue, if Bradley Beal pulls a James Harden, he has every right to. Facts. If there's ever a player who is justified to pull it, it's yep. him. Like the, the Wizards organization has done, done him dirty. The best thing the Wizards attempted to do was try to lure Masai Ujiri away from the Raptors. If they had done that, the Wizards would be in a totally different situation. We all know that for sure. But I see Russell Westbrook potentially getting traded before Bradley Beal does. Who's taking Russell Westbrook at this point? Dude, that's that's such a good question because it's like where – I mean, and also, too, it's like what do you get back? Like his value has never been lower. So, like, it, you know, he's he's often hurt at this point, it seems like. He's got little ailments going on. He's obviously not playing uh, to his potential. Like his percentages are bad. It's – yeah, I don't I don't know who would take him on. But really, if you're the Wizards, like it's that, it's that horrible question with Russ of like – do we just stick it out with how talented he is or do we try to get what we can back for That's him? what they're doing. It's tough, man. Like that's a tough spot to be in. Cause it's almost like a lose, lose. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, for Bradley Beal, I hope he can get out of there. Like, cause he's playing out of his mind. I mean, as much as I'm like joke about him, you know, making his own bed or whatever, like he's also hooping in that bed. So it's like, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't hate on how he's playing. He's playing out of his absolute mind. So I hope that he can get out, you know, at this point, cause I'd like to see like good basketball players win. Um, or at least get a chance to. It's always very frustrating to watch guys who are that talented 
have to languish in a bad situation. It's, it sucks that he created it a little bit for himself. But like you said, the, the front office has done him no favors. It's not like, you know, it's like LeBron in Cleveland where it was like, hey, I'll stay if you guys can put people around me, you know, or like, uh, you know, I want to stay, but you guys need to put people around me. And then no one listens to him. No one puts anyone around him. And then when he leaves or when he wants to leave, all of a sudden it's like, well, what do you mean, man? You want to be here. It's like, well, yeah, but you also, that was my end of the deal. I'm putting up my end. I'm putting up 40 a game of us. Like, you know, what are you guys doing for me? So I understand his frustration now. It's cool. He hasn't said he publicly wants to leave. Like you said, if he wants to leave, I'm down for it. Let's get him out of there. Get him somewhere else. Because, uh, I mean, that trade would also just shake up a team. So I'd love to see that in the NBA, that little bit of, you know, midseason shakeup of another team gaining a lot of, you know, gaining some sort of uh, upper hand or some power with acquiring him. Definitely has to be a contender. I don't want to see him end up in, like, Detroit or. Oh, I don't want to see anyone end up in Detroit, dude. Knicks or nothing like that. Sheesh, playing in the Little Caesars Arena. Heck, dude, no. I, oh, I would not, dude, I would not wish that on my worst enemy, dude. Detroit. Even Orlando, though, is like getting cooler. I used to always rag on Orlando, but even Orlando's getting a little more like fun. Yeah, they're to doing play. their thing, you know. Cole Anthony, Fournier, love watching him. Uh, yeah, so like, but yeah, Detroit now is that. Detroit now is my new Orlando, as far as like, like Derek Rose, get him out of there. Get yeah. him Rose. out of there. I don't care where he goes. It, it can be to another bad team. I want to see him go to a contender, but I've seen him out of Detroit. Because when's the last time you saw a D-Rose highlight? Oof. Right? Because he's buried in Detroit, man. He's probably had some, and no one knows about it. Because... Buried him behind uh, DeLon Wright. Yeah, he's playing behind DeLon Wright. Imagine, imagine Derek Rose. Like, like people talk about like Derek Rose is like you know like emergence as a as a person or whatever since he's like fallen off a little bit. You know, he got the injuries and things. You know, he left Chicago and he went to New York and he struggled all these things. Like, this is the gnarliest thing I've seen him do is be able to swallow that pride, go to Detroit and back up DeLon Wright. You got to be kidding me because he could go back. I mean, he should be a backup at this point in most most situations. But the fact he's going to be back up to a dude who cannot hold a candle to him, I think, is wild. So I hope that he gets somewhere. If he's going to back up, I heard the Clippers was a was a suggestion. I can't remember what the other team was that I heard. Um, the Knicks. The Knicks, which yeah, Knicks again. which now the Knicks seem like a like a fun place to play out of nowhere. I mean, he loves Tibbs, obviously. He really right? does. I mean, New York last time didn't work out because it was New York without Tibbs. And now that there's Tibbs involved, who knows? I would love to see him go there and get some comfortability with his coach again. If if they do get Rose, they have to give up Peyton because yeah, Emmanuel get him off the quickly, roster, man. Emmanuel quickly is the future guard for the Knicks. Like just from what I've seen, that kid has it. No, for I sure. Agree. He's got the juice for sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. You put D Rose behind him with Tibbs, yep. Tibbs and D Rose guiding him along on how to be an NBA point guard. I mean, that's 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 an ideal situation. If, and it sucks. It's the Knicks, so you know they're not even looking at that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, Dolan's like, whatever. Like, you know, just doesn't care. But, like, that would be fantastic for that franchise. It is fun to watch them play defense. They're yes. the best defensive team in the league. It's a lot of fun. Like, we were talking about – you mentioned Julius Randle earlier. Like, that guy's actually playing pretty well. Like, he's playing surprisingly well. I thought – like, all those guys, it was like, what, all those tweeners of, like, those three to four guys – like, three, four guys – who, you know, just don't quite have a position, you know what I mean, or kind of in between. And to watch them actually apply that a little bit. And what the best thing they've done is sat Kevin Knox and stopped trying to, like, like force that. <laughs> I think that's the best thing they've done. Austin Rivers, too, has been playing out of his mind, which makes no sense to me. Anytime he plays well, it makes no sense to me. R.J. Barrett, thank you for listening to me. Because I've been saying it since last year. You're not aggressive enough. You just, you just don't care out there. Now, he's taking it. I love it. I love what I see from RJ this year. Yeah, because you know Tibbs was just like, do better. 
be better. <laughs> like, or, or I will he's screaming in his face every day. Like, but hey, like, there's nothing you can't do. Like, come on, man. So he's doing yeah. it. RJ Barrett coming along slowly was weird for me because any interview you saw with him coming in, he was so confident that he was going to be the best. Yeah. You know, like you talk to him, like he has the pedigree, like Steve Nash is his godfather, like all these things where it's like, you know, he's got everyone in his ear telling him, hey, man, like you, you could be the best, you know? And so in his head, like you come in and he's like, oh, I got this. And then for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the coaching or just being in New York like he is, like that's been an issue for him. But yeah, I'm glad to see that he is finally, uh, finally, like they're all just kind of coming together a little bit because it is good for basketball if the Knicks are good. Maple Mamba. Mamba. Maple Mamba, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe they called him that, dude. Uh oh, hey guys, some sad news. Uh, Candace Parker. Yeah, oh, man, baby, come back. She is uh left the uh, L.A. Sparks after 13 long seasons, which uh, we we're saying before we started the started recording that like her being in the league 13 years is wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was one of the things we were like, man, how old am I that that is something that like I did, yeah, I did not realize she'd been there that long. But uh, what are your guys' feelings uh, on this? You guys are both Sparks fans, yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a converted Sparks fan. You know, when when the comments disbanded, that's where I went. Yeah, for sure. That's fair, though. That's fair. But, you know, Candace Parker, like, basically was Lisa Leslie's successor. Successor, excuse me. And to see her leave like this, just so abruptly, I just was like, wow. I didn't expect it. Because, you know, you were hearing Derek Fisher is GM now, so. I knew something was happening, but I was thinking He's gonna more blow so. it somehow. <laughs> Don't do that to fish. I just thought it was gonna be like a blockbuster trade. Like they were gonna try to get like Sylvia Fowles or or Tina Charles or something. But you try to get somebody for you. It's and it, it is funny. It's, it's so ceremonious, man. I'm like, wow, yo. Like, I, I blame Sheldon Williams. Like, come on, say it. We done with Sheldon Williams' alien head. Well, dude, because you know, you know that the whole reason she's leaving is because he was at a practice one day and he saw D Fish, like, you know, just like say something to her slick. And he was like, we're out. We're leaving. <laughs> no way. I don't trust this dude as far as I can throw him. Um, he's like, I can read his mind with my forehead. And he uh, got me traded from the Lakers. So. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm out. I'm not dealing with this. So he, uh, yeah, so he, they, he's like, babe, I think we should move to Chicago. I think we should go home. We should go to your home. And she was like, all right, whatever. And, don't <laughs> and that team is solid. Yeah. Like Chicago, I didn't realize the kind of roster they had actually until they until I saw the shot there. Everyone's coming for the crown, man. Everyone's coming for the crown. Obviously, you know the uh, the uh, Seattle Storm uh, defending uh, WNBA champions, as we know, uh, as we know and celebrate yeah. here on Full Court Press. They, uh, yeah, I really I want to see how they compete. I mean, last year, I mean, completely honest, like there were some issues with the rosters. Like I know, like uh, Las Vegas didn't have all their people. There were certain people, certain teams didn't have all their players because the opt out, right. but. I mean, the Storm roster, although strong, I didn't think was going to be able to compete with some of those super type teams because there's some rosters that are basically super teams. Man, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready this year to see everyone opt back in and run it back because if the Storm can do that again or get close again, then that's, you know, then we understand exactly where they were at. But there's, there's, I mean, there's been talk of basically like how strong were they really if they're going against teams like, you know, Vegas didn't have uh, Liz Cambage. Man. It's like that's a huge difference. Uh, like, to, like that's that's a, that's a top flight player you're missing. They're missing a few. So it's uh yeah, I want everyone to run it back uh full strength because we're seeing the yeah, WNBA has always been pretty top heavy as far as their rosters go. 
but we're seeing some really awesome rosters now. So I want to see them all go to war and see who comes out on top. And if, and if it's us, then great. But it's just good. It's good for, for the w, for the WNBA, for them to be so competitive. Oh, absolutely, man. Dwayne Wade had an interesting take on this. Uh, he put out a tweet in response to what Candace Park, to the Candace Parker news. He said, what well, when they don't appreciate your worth looks like. I'm happy for my friend and teammate that she's going back home. Home is in all caps. But at LA Sparks, no, that's your legacy. Ooh, where's the lie? Low key, as I was thinking about it this morning, a lot of the, because the, the argument last year, I think it was during the NBA All-Star game, was uh, what, what city is the, the mecca of basketball, right? New York, uh, LA, or Chicago. And as I'm, I'm looking at the basketball landscape, we've heard more news, I think, in recent history of or had more worries and concerns about the future of uh, players who come from Chicago than we have from any other city. Like, think about a D. Rose, like all the rumors surround him. We now have a Candace Parker. Think about Dwayne Wade towards the end of his career. Think about Anthony Davis this past offseason. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say the Chicago players are like the power players, but I think when we look at the kind of string of events that LeBron started with the decision back in 2010 and really this move of player empowerment, I think Chicago players who come out of Chicago, stars who come out of Chicago have taken the most advantage of it out of any other players who come from any other city. Yeah, that's fair. Especially you said, especially in recent history, there's been a lot of people that have, uh, yeah, a lot of guys that have come out of there that have been very dangerous players. And like you said, most is very influential. So I think that's uh, that's not as hot a take as I think some people would would think it is. Yeah, I'm trying to think of L.A. and New York at the moment. But, yeah, no, that Chicago definitely, especially lately, has been very uh, has been very skilled in getting their players out there and getting them – really the, the, getting them relevant, not just – just in pop culture as well, you know, as opposed to just their sport. Oh, man, I just can't picture the Sparks without Candace Parker, but I'm going to have to – that's dude. It's so weird, man. Like it's it was just weird that she just ran. Like it was so such a low key bit of news. You know, it's like oh, Candace Parker's also leaving, and I was like, really? Like that's huge news. That's a huge like that's that's a. I mean, it's, for, if you're with the team for 13 years, then you don't stay with them the whole time. I mean, that's always a heartbreaker. You know, if you've been there that long, I love to see people stay with the one team. Like when D Wade left Miami to go to Chicago and Cleveland or whatever, and then came back, I I hated that. I was like, man, just, you know, don't do this. Especially, like, when he went to Chicago, it was one thing. That's the hometown. But, like, going to Cleveland, it's like, come on, dude. Like, don't do that. You know? Like, I don't like this. I don't like seeing you in that jersey. Like, just stay there. So, it, it does suck to, that L.A. And it's crazy because, I mean, D-Wood obviously knows something that we don't as far as, like, why she left. You know? It's obviously are, something where she probably wanted to stay and L.A. was like, we're not going to pay you, whatever. But something, something there. I mean, you know, she felt disrespectful enough for D-Wood to say something. <laughs> and it's crazy. She was on NBA TV and TNT last week yep. and didn't mention nothing about Not a nothing. peep about nothing. No, also, I mean, it has to, like, it's now she's got to commute for the, uh, for her off-season work, um, you know, as a, as an analyst and, and whatnot. Because um, now she's not living in LA where it's easy to, easy to do. So now she's going to have to come back and forth a little bit, but. I mean, you know, I'm all for going home. Like, you know, I can't be mad at her for going home. You know, who doesn't want to play in front of their hometown? It's no, for sure. I think it's the only time any on in any sport if someone leaves to go do that, it's like okay, you know, especially if they've done something for you, you know, if they, they they've won you titles, they've they've been a you know a, a big help to your team and your city, and they want to go home at the twilight of their career, then that's totally like I said with D Wade, it was like that. It was like all right, when you want to go to Chicago, that's cool. 
you know, I get that. But if it comes um, out that the Sparks didn't even try? Oh, yeah, yeah, or they disrespected her in some way? Ooh. I feel like that's what it is. When, when we look, I, look at too. a team like the Sparks and how up and down they were last season, and it really looked like with the landscape of the league, especially when they went into the, the wobble, that the Sparks would be, would be a, a contender for the title, and then for them to flame out the way that they did, I'm sure Candace Parker's there in the locker room saying, and, and at the front office and, and, you know, staring down at Derek Fisher saying, hey, what are we doing? Like, I need some, some assurances that we're going to make this happen so we can run it back because them girls up there in Seattle, I'm tired of watching them win, right? Oh, yeah. You know that's getting to her. Yeah. So knowing Derek Rose, I mean, not Derek Rose, Derek Fisher, although Derek Rose would be great on Sparks, knowing Derek Fisher, <laughs> I don't think that he, he was that dude ready to make those moves. And I think maybe his hands were tied, maybe from the, you know, those above his head. But if, if I'm Candace Parker and you're not giving me assurances, I can see why she would decide to go back home. I'm just glad that she did not go to Seattle. You know, that, I, hurts, you, that hurts me to, that you say that. Because I, I think we would have we treated her very well here. Uh, that We know that, right? It's I not about that. I would have personally, personally knocked on her door. You would have been her valet, valet concierge. I would say, <clears throat> welcome, okay? Um, let me take you out. Let me wind and dine you. Show you the town. Respectfully, of course. <laughs> Right, Sheldon Williams. Been... I don't need him to take take over my mind or anything <laughs> with his mind. But wow. actually, are they even still together? Mind, by the way, no, they're not. They're, they're, no, they're right? Because didn't, didn't, didn't he like get divorced? They divorced, and then he took half, right? Yeah, man, that's great, man. It's, it was. I, I can't. I can't lie. I love Candace Parker. It's nothing against her, but it's, so it's nice to see a guy do that. You know what I mean? Like you always hear about in the news, like uh, you know, people taking half. And it was nice to see a guy who probably made millions in his own career and be like, "Nope, I need half of yours." So that was uh, that's always funny to watch. But no, he, uh, yeah, I definitely, I would have loved to see her up here. I think she could have filled the role. But I mean, we're, I mean, as you know, we're NBA, we're WNBA champions, so we don't have a lot of holes, you know, to fill. I mean, she could have been a role player for us for sure. Um, you know, we're talking, you know, we need someone off the bench, possibly tenth or ninth person, uh, coming off the bench for us. Uh, you know, wow, always room for depth. Oh, that's a that. sick. Yeah. That'd be a sick lineup y'all would have. Let's just say Who's Sue Bird comes back. Sue Bird, Candace Parker, Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart, Natasha Howard. Natasha, Natasha Howard. Howard. Come on, man. Like, that's that's no. not fair. That's with, Jordan, with Jordan Canada coming off the bench like Joe Harris. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not right. <laughs> I'm yeah. sick. Rookie, what was the rookie's name, Roddy? That came on late last year. Oh man, I can't think. Oh of shoot, hold on. Just say your hold player on. number. N- number number. Uh, I think it was uh, I know it was like a twenty number. Hold on, dude. Here I am. Start another something. Just throwing out player numbers. You're supposed to know their names. <laughs> we got the coolest guy here. Let's see. It happened. It happened. But yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, like the Seattle's. Yeah, Seattle's. I really want to see if we can compete the same way. That's like my whole thing. I just want to see if they're able to do it. If they can, then that's fantastic. And I hope. Uh, oh, you know, like. Well, we need Sue. I I think I think without Sue Bird, no matter how old she is, we need her. Like we, we I don't care how she can be forty five. I don't care what's going on. Um, I just really need to see her on the roster here. Let's see. Here's the roster. It's uh, Ezzy Magbador. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. She's six four. She's she's pretty much our our Liz Cambage. Like she's who we're throwing at Liz basically. That's who we try to. You know, and she's who still very to Liz. Who you're feeding to Liz. Basically, yes, that's exactly what it is. But it's great because we love we love Australian centers. 
uh, Lauren, child Lauren True. Jackson. Lauren Jackson, boy. Yeah, yeah one, of the, one of those underrated in the in the game. Uh, yeah, so yes, but Seattle, yeah, we definitely have a roster that can hang for sure. Um, you know, I mean, also too, we had people forget we had like Crystal Langhorn and Epiphany Prince on that team. Uh, you know, 10, 10 plus year vets. Uh, you know, who have been doing it. So it's definitely uh, it's actually crazy too. Yeah, dang, eighty eight. Damn, Sue Bird. I for she's been in sixteen years, man. She's LeBron out here. That is nuts. Come back, Sue. For goodness sakes, please come back. We need you so much. Sure. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, you guys, let's talk about one of the hottest teams in the league right now. It's and it's so funny because when you think of a, a, a hot team, it's a team who's just really uh, you know razzle dazzle out here, just winning game after game. You don't really think of the Utah Jazz, but they are no. uh, they're handling things out here. It's it's up to. When I when I wrote the outline for this episode, I, it was nine straight. Have they won since? Is it ten? Ten, yes. Yeah, yes, so they're ten. They won straight. last night. They won last night against uh, New York. Man, come on, man! I mean, what do you, what do you guys think is allowing them to go on this run right now? I will say this: watching that game against New York, it was fun to watch Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson ball because I just remember them as young pups on the Lakers looking at the bright lights and not knowing how to handle it. And here they are. Jordan Clarkson is averaging almost 20 points a game off the bench. Um, definitely a candidate for sixth man of the year. And Julius Randle, we talked about him earlier. I think what Utah has found is Utah's found the recipe. So it's not Mike Conley necessarily having to be the primary ball handler. When you watch that team, it's him and Joe Ingles are sharing the, dis- uh, the distribution roles. Rudy Gobert has finally shut his mouth and is just playing ball, getting rebounds and blocking shots. Um, and they it's crazy. The past, I think it's three games, Donovan Mitchell has been in concussion protocol. And Donovan Mitchell isn't even Donovan Mitchell right now. This isn't the, the spider that we're used to seeing. So they've found a way to make it happen. Shout out to Quinn Snyder. I think Quinn Snyder is definitely one of the most underrated coaches in the league. Always, I think always has been during his tenure. In the uh, the NBA, people forget this is a guy who uh, was a, a point guard at Duke. And as we know, when it comes to folks who go to Duke, players who go to Duke and end up coaching, odds are if you play at Duke, you're going to play all four years and you're going to pick up a thing or two from Coach yeah. K. Um, also, Quinn Snyder has a business degree, if I remember correctly. So he's a savvy dude just yeah. overall. And so what he's done with this jazz team uh, quietly it's not, you know, it's not anything wild. And they they were in the same breath as the Lakers up until the Lakers lost to the 76ers last night. Yeah, until the, they lost to the 76ers. They were in the same breath as the Lakers. Like, imagine that. Jazz and yeah. Lakers. Like, we haven't had them in the same breath in the Western Conference since the late 90s, early 2000s. No, you're right. It, it is a really weird thing to watch. Like you said, it is it, – they did just kind of find the sauce. It's like they, they really just have found the right um, concoction to put wins together. Like you said, without Mitchell being himself, the fact the team is somehow maintaining is wild. The fact, like you said, Clarkson's huge. I'm glad he finally found a team and a role because he's he was always kind of going to be the sixth man. You know, what I mean? like it was kind of he'd start a little bit, he'd come off the bench a little bit, and it's nice to see him now finally settle into that role where they just kind of gave him the green light and they're like, hey, go go get what you need to get, and you know, and we need that. Um, it's it's crazy if you have confidence in a player what they can give you. You know, you see guys all the time in certain situations where you can tell a team doesn't fully trust them, and they go out and they just don't they don't put up the numbers that you think. They don't look confident. They look off. 
and you can tell when a guy is comfortable and it's good to see him uh, in a place where he feels comfortable um, far away from the, from Kendall Jenner and all those people, you know? So he, uh, he finally found some peace out in Utah. Um, and also for Gobert too. Yeah. It's just nice to see him just like putting up respectable numbers. I have him on my fantasy team. It's, it's nice to see him putting those up. Uh, very important. Hey, what did you guys think, by the way, of the Shaquille O'Neal when Shaq said uh, to Mitchell, like, uh, trying to say, like, he, like, didn't think he was good or something? Like, whatever whatever Shaq said to him, and he was like, all right. <laughs> like, yeah, basically told him he didn't think he was a superstar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I respect Shaq for saying it out of his own mouth. but Yeah, yeah, at least he has the balls to say it to him. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Well, see, with my, see, my issue then, for in, the, in the same breath, my issue with it is that he said it. It's one thing to say it. It's one thing to say it and expect to get respect back for it, you yeah. know? Like, he expected Mitchell to go, oh, you're right, big dog, you know, for sure, you know? Like, I, you know, I'm just trying to be like you type shit. And it's like, he just wasn't, you know, and he just said, yeah. No, it's like, I think players are starting to understand. And we saw uh, Durant comment on it, and I, I can't remember who else. Someone else commented on it. Yeah, Braun, basically just saying, like, you know, we see these older guys, they see sneak diss on us as much as they can especially uh Barkley and, and Shaq. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. I like watching that show. I like you know, I, I don't mind watching those guys talk. I enjoy Kenny Smith a lot. Everybody loves Ernie. But Shaq and Chuck, man, I can live without them, dude. Like they're they were great players. I always respect the hell out of how they played. But I do not like their takes, man. It's like everything is with Barkley, there's a lot of like random sexism he'll throw around and just like the takes that are just like where I just look and I go, man, like how is he still on the air sometimes? You know? He said some wild stuff. He had that one line about women in the kitchen or something, where like he yeah. does these things where it's like, where you're like, man, like how in 2020, 2021 are we out here allowing this dude to just say whatever he wants on on TV when other people are getting canceled for it? It's wild. And then with Shaq, it's like uh, Shaq's been out of touch with I think like normal society for a long, long time. He's made a lot of money. Uh, you know, he's he's just one of those cats where it's like I don't. Yeah, I, I don't I don't respect guys. I respect guys that can say what they need to say. Pierre, like you said, like that's a big deal, you know, to to be able to say something with your chest and say it yourself. But the idea that you're do, you're doing that to basically try to bring somebody down, I mean, it's like I don't know because I mean, like thank goodness for the stars we have now because the LeBrons, the D Wades, all these guys that have been around when they all retire and they're all in their forties and they're you know t- doing you know analysis and all these things, we're gonna see them just talking these guys up. It's going to be completely different. It's not going to be bitter like that. It's going to be all of them. Because, I mean, because think about all the trash that LeBron has gotten and all these have gotten for, you know, talking to guys on the court and saying, you know, after after a game, they just lost to this guy. Going, hey, young fellow, you got this, you know, keep it up or whatever. Like, they're bringing people, they're, they're t- constantly talking guys up. So, I don't, I don't, yeah, I definitely can't wait for that generation to come around and be on these, you know, talk shows or whatever. Um, because I think it'll be a lot easier to listen to. I think what's interesting about what Shaq said. So Shaq told on live television, tells Donovan Mitchell, you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. And what folks yeah, criticized him, he said, I mean, imagine hearing this, like Donovan Mitchell, you've been an underdog for so long. Donovan Mitchell has said it. He didn't believe even coming out of college that he would be a first or second round pick. And it wasn't until he trained uh, in the offseason pre-draft with, um, I think it was Chris Paul and maybe Dwayne Wade. And they were like, kid, you got the sauce, like trust yourself, you got it. So to hear from someone like Shaq, you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I'm sure that hit him tough. And Shaq doubled down and said, oh, I'm just using it as a form of motivation. Now, let's not forget Shaq grew up, his stepdad was a military guy. So I I could see maybe where a little bit of that came into play. Now, where I have an issue with Shaq was 
the next day after you hear from KD, now KD criticizing, we're not going to listen to that because KD, you, you, you're Mr. Burner accounts. We're not listening. Yeah, now LeBron, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no one's, LeBron, no one's listening yeah, to you. Same LeBron, way. leader of the new school, we'll listen to you, LeBron, right? But Shaq doubles down and goes ahead and posts on Instagram a slideshow of um, all the guards he played with, Kobe, Gary Payton, Steve Nash, um, and says this, uh, and says this, this is what greatness at the point at the guard position looks like. I played with this, so I know what I'm talking about. Shaq, you don't need to do all of that. I get it yeah, if you're trying know. to motivate these young guys, like, but we know your rap sheet, we know your history. I'd rather you be yelling back and forth at Charles on uh on on uh on the program and embarrassing Charles for the fact that Charles never won a ring. Like I like watching that. That's the only reason that Charles Barkley yeah. should be on that program to be Shaq's punching bag. Outside of that, Charles Barkley, and it blows my mind that he's the longest tenured person on that show. Yeah. It's wild. And, like, and yeah, like, paid. yeah I, I, w- and when it comes to Shaq, I just don't like the saltiness of it. It's like, dude, we know you're, we know, like, no one argues. That's, that's one thing. He's, he's at a point in, in basketball history where no one will argue. You talk the most dominant center of all time. No one argues against Shaq. If you use the word dominant center, those two words, Shaq is always the choice. There's no no one says it's somebody else. It's always that. So it's like, dude, you already got that. You got your rings. You got one without Kobe. You know what I mean? So you got to prove that point. Like we all know how great you are, dude. You know, it's like, but you don't need to remind us every ten seconds. Or if somebody finally chests up and says, I mean, all all Donovan Mitchell said was I, you know, right. and it's like, and that kind of your skin. And it's like, dude, like just because the guy didn't, you know, say thank you for dissing me on live television. After I just bodied a team and won a game, it's like the only, only reason we're having this conversation right now is because we won the game on my back. <laughs> so what? So it's like it's like cool, man. That, what a great time to randomly try to knock me down a peg, even if it's motivational. Like you said military family motivation. I understand that for sure, but it's like check, like just read the room, dude. You know, like not everything has to be a you challenging a young guy so you can take credit for it later when when he ascends. It's like you know those guys. Those guys are all grown men. They have their own motivations, their own things driving them, their families, their past, their coaches of the, their past, their young, you know, young uh, people that help them growing up. Like they don't it, like you saying what you're saying is not the end all be all going to push them to the next level or knock them down a peg. So it's like just t- take some importance out of you, out of your <laughs> take, take some importance out of what you're saying a little bit. Um, and maybe I'll listen a little more. But this reminds me of when Shaq called Christian Wood. He told him, oh, I, I don't even know who you were. He said, oh, dude. Oh, you're Yo, that was oh. that was one of the funniest. I laughed genuinely so hard. And and nowadays on the internet, when I say like when you say, like, "Oh, I saw that and I laughed," it's like LOL. You know, it's like, "Oh, you didn't really laugh. You just thought, haha, that's funny." Like I genuinely laughed when I heard when I saw that. So I was like, "That's great." And Shaggy didn't even know what to say at that point. He didn't know what really what to say. He was like, "Oh, you're a casual man." And like, dude, I, dude, I lost it because it's true. Like that's what it is. It's like you didn't know Christian Wood. It's like, dude, it's like Shaq, you do this for a job. This is your whole job. I knew who Christian Wood is. You know what I mean? We all knew who Christian Wood you? was. Like, why didn't you? Like, you're not. You didn't know who he was. Like, that's just disrespectful to say. That's you. That's you showing your lack of professionalism and yep, your lack it. of like intensity for the game. It's like, but yet you're gonna throw around that. Hey, I think you're not this. It's like, dude, did you even know who Donovan Mitchell was to a certain? Like, of course you knew, but like, do you have you watched a lot of his games, or are you just saying that out based off of the the games that you watch, like? when you're doing the analysis when who knows how much you're actually paying attention to the game when we're, when you're not on set and we can't see you, you know? So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, everybody loves Shaq. He's a great player. One of my favorite centers of all time, but 
as a human being, I, every time I, every time I hear him talk, I'm like, dude, just say less, man. You're like, he's tarnishing in my head, like his, I don't know, not tarnishing his, his, his legacy. Stuff, it's his legacy and his credibility. Yeah, man. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's just not good, man. It just, it just doesn't taste right. You know what I mean? I just, I hate seeing guys do that. Like, like I said, with LeBron and these guys doing the right thing and building these players up. I mean, look at the league right now and how amazing these young players are. Because instead of these guys coming in, you know, Michael Jordan, you, you come meet Mike and he buries you into the floor. You know, J- Joakim Noah talking to Kevin Garnett about, hey, you're my favorite player. And he's like, you know, like basically, you know, tells him to kill himself. Like It's like, you know, it's like it, we're seeing these guys now, like these LeBrons out there hyping these kids up and look at what they're doing. The, the NBA has never looked greater with much younger players. A lot of that is AU. We understand a lot of that is, you know, the, they're starting younger, all these things. But. Like the, the league is in amazing hands because of players like LeBron and their ability to be kind, you know what I mean? Like, and supportive of these young players and understanding what the, what their legacy means, not just on the court, but off of it. And I you think, know, that, I think, uh, I think this is a great like segue. I know we only got a few moments left, but yeah, yeah. Um, the one player who did that was Kobe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like Kobe did. I mean, we, we we heard a little bit of it while he was still alive, and it was after the fact, after he passed, that we heard so much about it from players who were saying, "Listen, man, you you don't know, but this is the interaction I had with Kobe. You don't, you don't understand, like this is I, I'd watch this film of him." And um, for me, one of my favorite Kobe stories with a younger player was when Kobe did uh, had his detail uh, series, and he did one on Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum. I, so, if you don't know. I'm not really a LeBron fan, and it pains me that he's on my team, the Lakers, but it is what it is. That's huge for you to say. Just look at oh. your new ring, man. Look at your oh, ring. Man, I look at I the ring. It's, it's, like I said, this is the example I always use. It's like the dude who bullied you in high school or that you just couldn't stand <laughs> in high school, and you come home, and he's married to your sister. Like, you just have to accept it. It is what it is. Yeah, he's part of the family now. It's, it's, it's always what it is. You know, you're going to have a, a beautiful niece or nephew, and it's like you look at the niece or nephew. You look at the ring. You don't look at the dude, right? Yeah. So so, LeBron, so <laughs> yeah. Kobe does a detail on LeBron. This is when uh, the Cavs played the uh, the uh, the Celtics in LeBron's last season uh, in Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. Kobe does a detail on LeBron. Basically, gives LeBron the blueprint to just be a monster. He needs to catch the ball a little bit lower, maybe within ten to twelve feet. It'll conserve energy so that at the end of the game he can have a little more in his legs for his jumpers, so on and so forth. LeBron, I can tell you to this day, probably has not watched that detail. Jason Tatum, he did one on Jason Tatum. Kobe does, uh, I think it was after game three. Jason Tatum said he watched that thing 20 to 30 times in a row and practiced every single thing that Kobe told him. Look at Jason Tatum's game today. It's not a pure product of hard work. He literally took everything that uh, Kobe said and has put it into practice and into play. Kobe is someone for sure that we can look at and say he wasn't like them old dudes, but I love how Kobe put it. I had an obligation. We have an obligation to give back to the game the way the game is given to us. For sure. Yeah, I think you're right. I think when you're talking about the fact that like I've been harping on LeBron doing that, and I think I think Kobe is one of the guys who basically taught LeBron how to do that. So it's definitely, yeah, I mean, Kobe, I mean, it's obviously been a year since he passed, and it's one of those things where, you, uh, I mean, I've been watching a lot of Kobe videos, obviously, in the last couple of days or whatever, just because, you know, you look back on some of the things that he's done and the people he helped. And it's wild. The in, you know, he's only 41 when he passed the idea, the knowledge he passed down to people when it comes to the game, because we know he was the fountain. He was the fountain of youth when it came to basketball. Like He knew everything. 
and there's you know there was no like he could have played now on a bum Achilles. You know he could you know, he, you know he's one of those guys you could go in and he could give you a good twenty you know fifteen twenty minutes if he needed to just because of what he knew strictly. So yeah, the idea that we lost one of the best basketball minds of all time is heartbreaking. But the idea that in that time since he stopped playing, he passed on so much of that knowledge and was so willing to do so. I mean, that speaks to to his legacy for sure. I mean, you talk about the titles, but I mean, the impact he did, not just, and it's not even basketball players, man, like just people in general, but I mean, he, he was down to inspire whoever. My favorite thing about Kobe that I've ever heard about is that he would cold call people who were great at what they did. Like John Williams, the great uh, or, uh, orchestra director, um, who's done like all these great like, film scores and all these things. He ran me cold works. call. Yeah, got, got his number and cold called him at like 1130 at night and just like asked him like, hey, uh, so, hey, John Williams, this is Kobe. Um, so I have a question about when you're leading. And he wanted to learn about leading an orchestra because he thought he could utilize that knowledge to help him lead a basketball team. Like that, that is a whole different level of, of understanding and wanting to understand and wanting to, you know, come full circle with your knowledge and your passion is to search the best of the best just to take some fine points to apply it to something that's completely different in basketball. Like one of the, yeah, it's so wild to me when I heard that. And it, it wasn't just John Williams. He did that to a bunch of people. <laughs> it's like, imagine getting a cold. You're really good at what you do. And you get a phone call from Kobe at like to midnight. Just being like, Hey, what's up? Uh, you know, so this is uh Kobe Bryant. Um, just wanted to ask you some questions. It's like, like, you know, he, dude, did what same a, thing. he did the same thing with Peyton Manning. I showed up to a cult <laughs> and pops in the locker room. It goes, Hey, what's up, Peyton? Uh, so how do you do what you do? Uh, I'm listening to you calling these audibles and all this stuff uh, at the line of scrimmage. And he said Peyton Manning did what Peyton Manning does. And Kobe looked at him and was like, I don't understand a single word you just said. But let's talk again. Yeah, but let's talk about it. That, that's what's crazy, man. Is Yeah, when you understand like exactly how dedicated he was, it's uh, you hear all the stories. My, actually, my favorite story is the one where he says that uh, – or it's like from a trainer that was training during the pre-Olympic stuff in Vegas. Um, and it was like, he'd given Kobe his number and said, Hey, if you want to come, you know, if you need me for any shooting help or whatever to rebound, whatever, let me know. And he gets a call at like three 30 in the morning from Kobe being like, Hey man, uh, can you come down to the gym? And he goes down there and Kobe's already in a dead sweat, like, like flop sweat. <laughs> and he's been in there for a minute. And then they do like, you know, two, three hours of work. He puts up a bunch of shots, or whatever. They put a bunch of drill work and then. Dude, exhausted. It's like, all right, cool, man. I'll see you later or whatever. See you at practice at like nine or something, or like eight in the morning. And he goes and he goes and he, the guy said he got like two, three hours of sleep, gets up, comes back, and everyone's just hanging out. Everyone in the gym's chilling, like, you know, being real easy. And Kobe's in the corner shooting on a bucket. And he goes up to him and he's like, hey, man. So, like, uh, hey, good workout this morning. Kobe's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And he's like, oh, nice. So like, when did you, uh, you know, like, when did you get done? He's like, oh, just now. Just shot it, you know, got up a thousand quick shots real quick. Right. And it's like, so at his advanced age, he was out there like working from an entire night just to prove the point that he was better than the guys that were there and outworking all of those guys. Wow. Yeah. Just one of those wild things where it's like, and like, and the guy, and the, the dude looked like Kobe looked like he had like, the guy was shocked that he hadn't stopped working out. And Kobe looked at him like he was crazy. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, of course I've been working out since three, you know, two in the morning. It's like, dude, that's. You love to see. Dedication, baby. You love to see it. Rest in peace to Kobe and Jana uh, and everyone involved in that. That was uh, it's still wild. It's still one of those things. That it's still a wild thing to to hear. Basically, when uh, when people talk about um, or just understanding that he's actually gone. I, I don't know about you guys. In the last year, it's been, it's been a couple times where I've just been like, 
thinking about Kobe in some way. I'm like, oh yeah, he's actually passed. Like it's it's one of those weird celebrity deaths that don't like still doesn't quite register for some reason. It's definitely gonna take a while to get used to that because it's hard. Like even though I'm not a Laker fan, never been a Kobe guy, but he's such a great basketball mind and he knew the game in and out, out and in. And he just loved to talk basketball. Anybody knows that. So you can't help but like him off the court. You know what I mean? So for me as well, I was just like, wow, I still can't believe it. But this pandemic is heating up, guys. It is taking the NBA by storm, any sports. It's also taking lives. We talking about Kobe, how we lost him a year ago, but exactly on the day Kobe died a year ago, we lost Seiko Smith, NBA Ooh. TV analyst, due to COVID. And this one right here is hard too. He was such a good guy. Yeah, dude, he was one of my favorites. Uh, that really, like, that was that was a real shock. That's a, uh, yeah, he's he's been one of my favorite guys uh, on NBA TV just in general for a minute. So that was a that was a real rough one to hear. It always sucks too when you hear when you can tell the analysts like Rachel Nichols, I saw mention it and was talking about it and she's tearing up and it's like, you've seen a couple of analysts talking about him and, and a couple of reporters talking about him and they're tearing up. And like, that's how you realize those professionals doing what they do, you know, understanding, you know, you got to keep, you know, you got to keep it together or whatever, but if someone meant so much to you that even in those moments that you're trying to be professional, you still break to an extent, like you can tell what somebody meant. And uh, yeah, he was definitely no exception to that. Ooh, yeah, Osaha. Abe, Abe, come get your boy. Don't, don't, don't come for me. <laughs> don't you come for me? Okay. I'll let me let Abe know. Hey, come for your boy, dude. Come get him. Don't, don't come for me. Me, me, and Abe got beef right now. Anyway, really? No, why? No, we ain't got beef. I'm just joking. We have. No, I would have been have, hilarious. I'm like, why? No, we have. We have beef. <laughs> <laughs> there, there will always, nah, there will always be something because he's a Celtics yeah. fan and I'm a Lakers fan. Oh, for sure, and, for sure. He said it dead serious for a second. Give, I was like, yeah, man. he refuses to give Taco Fall his flowers, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> uh, that, and, that, and that's and that we all know that's insane because Taco Fall, you know, just give him the credit he deserves. He's the best center on the roster. We know that. Uh, you know, the Celtics Period. they struggle. You know, we, we know they're doing what they can. They're not a great team, but they're working on it, Abe. You know, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I didn't know it was needed, but because the whole Seku Smith thing, um, that is rattling. Yeah. That is that is definitely rattling. I haven't seen uh, reporters shook up like that since Kobe passed. For like, sure, yeah, exactly. That's it's it's funny that it's been a year, and that's wasn't it a uh, year to the day? Yeah, yeah, literally to the day, dude. Yeah, wild stuff. Uh, yeah. Also, yesterday, I want to give a little quick shout out to a buddy of mine that also passed yesterday. A good friend of mine. Uh, it was a basketball related podcast, but he is uh, the biggest Seattle Mariners fan I've ever met in my life. Uh, Colin Jeralemic, uh, RIP to you, my friend. Uh, dude, seriously, this this dude used to literally bring a van of people. Like, like he, on his own birthday, he'd get like a 15 passenger van, fill it up. We'd all go down for his birthday and just go to Mariners games where they're guaranteed to lose and uh, just get real drunk, have a great time. And he was one of those guys who just everyone loved and it was uh yeah so tough l uh, obviously a year since kobe passed um Siku smith passing and then my buddy colin passing it was a yeah january 26th definitely uh wow. holding a sinister spot in the in my head going forward here man this the day needs to chill the fuck out yo that's deep that is yeah. deep definitely my condolences to you riley i know i said it off air but still Amen. on air bro like my condolences to you 
uh, it's really feeling like 2021 is the uh, the bad sequel to 2020, or is just 2020, but now legal drinking age. Either way. Yeah, either way, man, it's not positive. <laughs> it's not, it's not, yeah, man, I mean, I mean, I think the only thing we can really do now, guys, is to go buy stock in GameStop, you know? I think that's Bro, say that. Buy stock in GameStop and, and dump any of your stock that you had in my pillow, okay? Yeah, my pillow, he's out, all right? And honestly, I know someone that had one of, the, had one of those pillows, said so they were trash. So shout out to my pillow guy for selling bad pillows, man. I didn't know he was lying about him too. Like that dude was lying about his yeah. pillows, man. Yeah. You're gonna get like that's like Billy Mays like selling us oxyclean. It doesn't work. You know? Like, come on, man. Shout out Billy Mays as well. R.I.P. to Billy Mays. Dude, the the guy that no one knew was just pumped full of drugs all the time. <laughs> I mean, it explains uh, a lot. That there's there's no one who should be that juiced all the when time. They got, when they got his autopsy back, and I don't mean to make light of someone passing, obviously, but like like dude, when he got his autopsy back and they he had like four or five different drugs in his system, dude. Like it's like, man, like he was he was about it. <laughs> like it's one thing to, to be into something. It's another to be into four or five different things, man. Like Yeah, dude. But hey, OxyClean does work though. So he's better than my pillow guy off the rip. So Twenty twenty one guys, we're gonna get through it. <laughs> we're gonna get through it. We're definitely gonna get through yep, it. Yep, and Lakers gonna win another title while they're at it. Huh? Storm as well. Storm as well. So get psyched about that. Uh, you know, unless unless Candace Parker is gonna be back for LA. Oh no, sorry. Oops. We talked about that. Sorry, I should have remembered that. It's still fresh in my mind. Uh she's not there anymore, but it's okay. The storm will take over for you guys. It's fine. <laughs> I, I wish I can uh comment on the title. <laughs> Teams winning titles, but it's coming, dude. I can't. I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> but, um, you know. Hey, Osa, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today, man. It's always Definitely. a pleasure for real. Yo, you guys are one of the OG podcasts that I was on when this whole podcast universe got kicked off. So it's always all fun right. to come back with you guys. And we're in a group thread anyway, so it's always fun to talk with y'all. But now to be on the <laughs> air again, yes, sir. Here we are. Couple games to keep an eye on tonight and throughout the weekend. Make sure y'all watch. Let me drop some knowledge for y'all real quick before we get out of here. So tonight, as in Saturday, is it gonna get or Laker? Oh yeah, yes, Lakers Celtics. That is gonna be the game to keep an eye out on, and that might be the only one. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> well, let me see if Sunday got anything going. Lakers Celtics, guys. Who's your who's your pick for that game? Oh. I just want you to know that not this upcoming episode of Osa and Abe that's dropped today, but the yeah. following episode is going to be full of vile venom and vitriol between oh, us. Ooh. It might be a little bit of a, of a civil war, depending on who won. Um, Abe might mute me altogether. He might just he, might. <laughs> he has that power, man. He has that he power, dude. might just do it. But he, could just ed- he could just edit you out, man. I'm just saying, yeah. but if, the Lakers, if the Lakers lose, uh, it's going to be a sad day. There might be tears that you hear. It's okay. And there won't be the tears of my son. It'll definitely be just me crying. And and then Sunday, the first game between Russell Westbrook and James Harden as the Nets will take on the Wizards in Washington. And the Nets will win by 30. Yeah. Something underrated, by the way, real quick before we go, something real underrated about the Nets that people are forgetting is that Kevin Durant and Jeff Green are on the same team. Those two guys are the last original Sonics that are that have played for the Sonics that are still in the NBA. Those two guys they got drafted the same year in the first round. 
So they each played one year and then got and then went to OKC. But Wait, like they're the last. Russ wasn't team. drafted as a Sonic. He was. He was drafted, but he never wore the jersey. He wore the got hat. Okay, he, okay. He wore the hat, but he never right. wore the jersey. Got so it. Got I, it. I, that was always that was always a frustrating sticking point. People being like, "Oh, Harden was." Like Harden was one. I'm like, no, he wasn't. Oh, Westbrook was. I've seen the picture. It's like, well, yeah, that's the one photo he has with a Sonics jersey. Listen, Sonic don't, on. don't don't come for Riley with the Seattle. No, no. Yeah, Did Collinson retired? Did Collinson retired? I thought he was still floating yeah, around man. somewhere. God. No, he retired. No, he he'd been with OKC, dude. His last couple of years, they gave him like a big deal too. They gave him like a solid like two year, like thirty million dollar deal or something to hang out and not play. So Nick yeah, good for him. Udonis Haslam right now because Udonis Haslam is not. Playing. Yeah, that Udonis Haslam yeah. Jared Dudley situation, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> dude, but, but dude, but who's gonna? It's one thing that I mean, I would have no problem walking to Jared Dudley and tell him to get off the get off the bench. I don't think anyone's doing that to Haslam. I don't think anyone's gonna walk to Haslam like, hey, Yo, man, give me your spot. I don't, you know, he'd be like, I'll funny I'll thing for it. Funny thing is, before we get out of here, Miami had COVID cases, right? Well, the players out due to health and safety protocols. Udonis Haslam has still been a DMP. So, <laughs> so yeah. funny, like, it's, it's like at this point, are they just fronting? Can he actually play? Like, <laughs> is he is he actually right, in game nah. shape? Do we know? Yeah, man, because at some point, if you're wearing the jersey, at some point, if the, if guys are dropping off off the roster like flies because of COVID, at some point, you got to play. And I've but, seen Jared Dudley play this year. Like, Lakers being a blowout, I've seen him get out there. Yeah, you've not seen him play any 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 solid minutes. Get out there, which is crazy to me. Well, shout out to the Jared Dellas and Udonis Hasms holding on to their man as long as they can. Uh, You can. (laughs) That's one thing. I think think that's what we should leave leave with our listeners is just never let go. Nope. Uh, Even when it's the healthy thing to do, just toxically hold on to whatever you have and don't give it to anyone. When they tell you you're too old, just think about Jared Dudley and Udonis. Yeah, that's a life lesson, guys. Just never let go. <laughs> Man. Oh, dude. If y'all have any questions, comments, concerns, email us at fullcourtpress82 at gmail.com. Also, head over to Facebook and the SSAW group. Come chit-chat with us. And you can also visit the website at SSAW.com. Again, we thank Osa for being here. Matt, we hope uh, all is well. Hopefully you're back next week. And on behalf of us, we out of here. Later.